The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Niall Stanage is with me now, who's a White House columnist for The Hill. Niall, you're very welcome to the show and thank you for taking the time to speak to us. Um, uh, the reason I was so interested to talk to you is to get a, a view from the US of what is happening in Israel and Gaza. And, and in a moment, we might talk about, you know, the, the political view, the Biden administration and the foreign policy hawks in Washington and, and what they w- w- will be weighing up. But first, what has the public reaction been and what does it continue to be to what is unfolding? I think broadly speaking, Kieran, the public reaction here in the United States continues to be very strongly pro-Israel. Now, of course, that is partly to do with that understandable reaction to the grotesque attack on Saturday. But also, I mean, it, it's just a, a fact, whatever the reasons for this, that the the center of gravity here in the United States, the default position, is just much more uh, pro-Israel, whereas, I, you know, obviously I know in Ireland, it is much more a default uh, sympathy with the Palestinians that, that a lot of people tend to exhibit. And do, does that position, is that common across kind of demographics and ages and ideologies? I I would say it broadly is. Now, the one caveat I would put around that is, say in the Democratic Party, and I know know we're not getting into the deep politics of it just Mm. yet, but among people who are broadly left of centre, older left of centre people tend to be more pro-Israel and younger people less so. And I think that's because, you know, decades ago, the cause of Israel was actually a left-wing cause, or, you know, the founding of the state of Israel, kibbutz, all that mm. sort of thing. You know, now the so-called squad in Congress, people like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who's in her early 30s, and other left-leaning members of Congress, tend to see Israel much more as, as the aggressor in the conflict, I suppose. So that... Um Understandably, the public view. Has it begun to change or any indication it is kind of softening uh, the kind of, I suppose, the, the antipathy towards Palestinians softening with what we're seeing unfold in Gaza? Um, honestly, I'm not sure that okay. it is. I mean, there, there are concerns, I suppose, about uh, Israel overstepping the mark. The Secretary of Defense in the United States is in Israel at the moment, and he was talking about the, the the desire for Israel to show resolve rather than seek revenge. But that was within the context of very firm United States support for Israel. And I think that is actually reflected in the public at large. So what then um, is is the political view of all of this? Like the Biden administration, do, do they look at this with a blinkered view? This is kind of a, a, a dispute between kind of Israel and Hamas or the Israelis and the Palestinians and kind of as, as effective sponsors of Israel for so long, we are a party to it. Do they look at it as kind of through the jaundiced eye of domestic politics and there is a, a big lobby here that we have to satisfy and we don't want to lose uh, uh, votes at home? Or do they take a broader view and do they think, listen, this encompasses Tehran, it, it, enc- it encompasses the Saudis, it encompasses all of the politics of the region? Yeah, I think it is more the latter. Now, I know people mention about political lobbies and so forth. It's This is a rare thing for me to say, but I actually think that's too cynical a view. I don't <laughs> think, for example, that uh, 
President Biden is pro-Israel in order to cater to a particular lobby. I think he is sincerely pro-Israel. And that this goes to a, a fundamental difference that underpins what we were talking about a moment ago. I do think in the United States, uh, in both parties, there is a broader sense of Israel fighting an existential struggle against forces that wish to eliminate it, wish to wipe it off the map. In Ireland, in my experience, it tends to be more a debate about Palestinian rights, about the annexation of Palestinian land, about the Israeli occupation of Palestinian land. And so the difference in fundamental priorities there is very marked. One other thing I'll just mention briefly is that here there isn't really a pro, a strong or widespread pro-Palestinian sentiment in either party. Jewish Americans have traditionally voted much more for the Democrats than the Republicans, but the Republicans are in, frankly, no rush to embrace uh, a Palestinian cause or, or indeed any Arab cause worth talking about. Uh, how might you have described Joe Biden's relationship with the Netanyahu government up until the weekend? Had we been having this conversation last week before any of this happened? I think that has been a more volatile relationship, and that's certainly a very fair point. Uh, Biden, when he was vice president, was embarrassed by Netanyahu on one occasion when Israel just sort of blatantly disregarded um, American urgings while Biden was actually in Israel. Um, Netanyahu, while Trump was in office, was quite a, a Trump ally. Having said that, I mean, Netanyahu, you know, is, is a political creature. He was one of the first foreign leaders to uh, congratulate President Biden on his election, much to Trump's dismay. So the relationship is a, a complicated one, but it's certainly a valid question. Uh, Donald Donald Trump, um, you know, for, for all the commentary that's attracted to his kind of foreign policy uh, mm. uh, objectives, he, he did talk quite openly about, you know, being able to secure a kind of a peace deal in the Middle East. And there were efforts made in that regard. And I don't want to kind of relitigate the past and, uh, and kind of pour over how, how valuable or not they were. To what degree was, was you know, getting closer to a two-state solution a priority for the Biden administration or was it, it, was it way down the list? I think it was way down the list because of the apparent near insolubility of that conflict and the inability to arrive at a two-state solution that actually had some staying power. If you think about it, I mean, the, the effort to get that goes back at least as far as Bill Clinton's presidency. Mm. Now, that's, uh, what, a, a quarter of a century ago now. Clinton left office in, in well, 2020 election start, uh, sorry, 2000 election started 2001. So, you know, that's how far that goes back. I think there was a perception in the Biden administration that if you could just sort of keep a lid on the thing. We didn't really know where it was going to go. But there used to be a phrase in the north of Ireland from the British government, an acceptable level of violence. And, you know, that is a pretty cynical phrase. But I think that mentality um, was part of the Biden administration's calculation. Uh, uh, to, to, to what extent then are... are I suppose the, the 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 deep thinkers about all of these issues in in, in Washington and um, looking at this through the prism of the disorderers in the world, the Iranian regime uh, and the power brokers in Tehran that that 
that they're effectively the sponsors of this. This kind of conflicting message. There was, there was a kind of a piece in the Wall Street Journal uh, uh, that set out in kind of great detail Iranian involvement. And I know there's been some pushback against the kind of the accuracy, maybe, um, mm. uh, of that. What's the view in Washington? So you're quite right. That Wall Street Journal article has not been confirmed by anyone else. And it is notable that both the Biden administration and the Israeli government have said that they do not yet, at least, have evidence of specific Iranian involvement. There was also a related story that you may be aware of. A couple of months back, Biden did a deal which would have freed, well, did free up $6 billion in Iranian funds in return for the release of five Americans. That deal has now been effectively suspended because of the political uproar around the Hamas attack and Iran's perceived complicity in all of Hamas's activities, even if it cannot be proved culpable for that particular attack. So so it's, it sounds like the suggestion maybe, you know, coming from insiders is that Iran are never a million miles away from these type of things uh, mm-hmm. in terms of support and supply, but they were unlikely to have been directly pulling the strings for the weekend. That's right. I mean, now that stands in contrast, of course, that Wall Street Journal yeah. story which suggested they were involved in quite granular planning. That has not been the verdict here in Washington or or seemingly in Israel either, where this suggestion is more that Iran is, of course, broadly supportive of Hamas and Hezbollah, uh, funds them to a large degree. But its involvement in this most recent uh, atrocity is unproven. Now, listen, it's been fascinating to get the view there uh, from Washington, given uh, to what uh, degree they are players in all of this. Uh, Niall Stanage is a White House columnist uh, for The Hill. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.